Hallelujah. For the next 30 seconds, will you lift up your voice and pray? Lifting yourself before the throne of grace. The psalmist says, I need thee every hour. I don't know about you, for, but for me, every split second, I need him. I need him to lead me. I need him to protect me. I need him to provide for me. I need him to order my steps. For the Bible declares the steps of a good man, the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I need him to sustain me. I don't know about you, but I cannot do without him. If you are like me this morning, you say, Pastor, I need him. I need to know him. I need to seek him. I need him in my family. I need him in my marriage. I need him in my health. I need him in my stay. I need him in my ministry. I need him in my business. If that is you, will you lift up your voice and talk to your father? And talk to your father. 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 Thank you, Father. You say, Lord, I need you in my studies. I need you in my work. In my character, I need you. In my character, I need you. In my attitude, I need you. Oh, I need your peace. Maybe you are troubled in this service. All you need is his peace. Will you lift up your voice and say, Lord, I need your peace. I need your peace. I need your peace. I need your peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Will you turn to your neighbor and say, it is great to serve the Lord with you. Now ask them, why are you in church today? And get a response. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And as the other neighbor and say, do you know him? And we will answer that one at the end of this series. Amen. It is great to serve the Lord with you. Despite the weather and the wind, 
you are here. It means God has an assignment for your life. He has a purpose for you. And what God has said to do in your life, nothing can stop you. I said nothing can stop you. He will bring you to the destination he has for you. It doesn't matter the battle you had to win to be here this morning. It means he has a plan and a purpose for you. And that which he had begun in you, he is faithful to bring it to a completion. If you believe, he say, I receive it. Last week, we started a series, Knowing God. Amen. And today, I want to continue in this same series, Knowing God. When we talk of knowing God, we're talking of intimate experiential knowledge. Amen. It is not that my father talked about this God. It is not the God of Abraham. It is not the God of Isaac. It is not the God of Jacob. But do you know him? The God of Eric, the God of Kwame, the God of Maki, the God of Philip, the God of Gifty, the God of Teresa, the God of Collins. Do you know him? Do you have an experiential encounter with him? That is the kind of knowledge we are talking about. It is not a knowledge of hearsay. Pastor says God is love. Pastor says, but have you experienced the love of God? Have you been broken and you have had, you have had God touch you and heal you? Have you experienced him in a way only you can testify? It does not matter when the devil or what the devil will pull at you. You know that this God will not leave me nor forsake me. The God I know, in fact, even Nebuchadnezzar, the God who does, did not even care for God, who did not have regard for God, said to Daniel and Shadrach and Abednego that the God that you said faithfully, for he knew that this God, when you know him, it is impossible for him to let go. Now ask your neighbor, do you know him? John chapter number 8, reading from verse number 19. John chapter number 8, reading from verse number 19. Then the Pharisees said to him, Where is this father of yours? Jesus answered, You know neither me, nor my father. If you knew me, you will know my father also. And today I want to touch on not knowing the father before we land on knowing the father. Amen. Jesus answered the Pharisees. Last week, I touched on the Pharisees, the custodians of the law, the teachers who were supposed to teach in the synagogues, who protected the law, and they, they, they guarded the law with all of their heart and with all of their mind. Amen. And yet, they did not know the Father. They did not know the giver of the law. Amen. They, they held on to the law of Moses, but they did not know the giver of law 
to the Moses. Amen. So they were in the synagogues, but without the knowledge of God. They did not have a revelation of who he is. And as a matter of fact, if the Father does not reveal himself unto you, you will not know him. Amen. He said to the disciples, who do men think I am? Or who do men say I am? Then they began to say, some say you are the prophet Elijah. Some say you are this. Then he turned unto them. That is what others are saying. But you have been with me all this while. You have moved with me. You have walked with me. You have eaten with me. What then do you say about me? It is not the account of what people say. It is not the account of what your neighbors are saying. It is not the account of what your pastor is preaching. But you have been with me. You have seen me. You have walked with me. What do you say I am? In other words, what is your knowledge about me? Will you also say I'm one of the prophets? The prophet or the messiah? You have seen the miracles. You have seen the blind sea. You have seen the dead raised back to life. You have seen the cripple walk again. You have seen leopard cleanse. You have seen water turn into wine. And Bible says for that miracle, the disciples believed in him more. So they were with him until they saw the miracle. They did not believe in him. What then do you say about me? Who am I? Then among the disciples, only one got a revelation. Peter the rock. He said, you are the son of God. And Jesus said, Peter, for this, it is not revealed to you by flesh and blood. But my father, he said, if you know me, you know the father. And if you have seen me, you have also seen the father. Jesus did not say that I reveal it unto you. But he said, but my father. So the father gave Peter a revelation of who the son is. And he said, if you know me, you know the Father. Amen. It is possible to be around Jesus and not know him. It is possible to be in church every Sunday and not know him. It is possible to preach the good news every week and not know him. It is possible to be a worker, serve in the house of God, and yet not know him. Somebody is asking, Pastor, how can this be possible? How can this be possible? How can you serve God and not know the God you are serving? Amen. John chapter number 14, reading from verse number 8 and verse number 9. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and then we will be satisfied. 
Lord, show us the Father and we'll be okay. Amen. Now, what is Jesus' response? Verse number 9. And I want us to read verse number 9 together. Amen. Verse number 9. I want us to read verse number 9 together. What is Jesus' response? Stop there. So can I subject to you that it is possible to be with Jesus and not know Jesus. This is the same Philip who went and looked for Nathaniel, his brother, and said, come, we have found the Messiah. The same Philip went to Nathaniel and said, we have found the Messiah. Nathaniel said, where? Can anything good come from Nazareth? But the same Philip in John 14, 8 is asking Jesus, enough of your talking. Just show us the Father so we know. But for better understanding, let's go back to verse number 7 of John chapter number 14. And let's read from there. And we come back to verse number 8. Amen. What does the word say? If you had really known me, you would also have known my father. From now on, you know me. So even though Jesus revealed himself to them, yet they could not conceive him. Amen. He said, from now on, so from now on, I am telling you that you know the father because you know me in plain words. And now, Philip could not, the disciples could not discern that he is in the Father and the Father is in him. So knowing Jesus is knowing God. Knowing the Son is knowing the Father. Then Philip said, no, 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 enough of all these parables. Even when you speak plainly, we can't get it. Show us the Father. So Philip is expecting Jesus to say, this is the Father. Or the Father is in heaven. Or the Father is in your heart. But I said, you have been with me for so long. Verse number 8. You have been with me for so long, Philip. Verse number 9. And you do not know me yet. It does not mean that he will not know him forever. But with all this journey we are being on, you still haven't known me. Amen. Philip now recognized clearly who I am. Anyone, someone say anyone. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say show us the Father. Many of us, that is our dilemma. No matter how God reveals himself to you, you want to see the Father. No matter how he shows himself up to you, you still want to see the Father. But Jesus, in his own words, was disappointed in his own disciples. 
Because a prophet is not just only honored within his own house, but the people that he has groomed and leaving this assignment with them still did not know him. It is possible to be around Jesus and not know all about him. Amen. In fact, the psalm writer says that you are beautiful beyond description. Words are not enough to describe who you are. Amen. So knowing Jesus is not just coming to church. Knowing Jesus is not just singing in the choir. Knowing Jesus is not just preaching. For we can do all these things and yet not know him. As a matter of fact, in Matthew, verse number 7, 21, Jesus declared, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day when I judge them, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many miracles in your name? And then I will declare to them publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me. You are banished from my presence. You who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. So all this we do. All this we do. We prophesy. We cast out demons. We can raise the dead. The cripple will walk. The blind will see. Great miracles. But it says, you disregarded my commands. I do not know you. Sometimes we think we are serving God. We are doing everything in our power to serve him or to, to know him and yet we are far away from him. So it is possible to be around God and yet not know him. And that shall not be our portion. Amen. That shall not be our portion. Knowing God is to have an intimate experiential knowledge of him. In Exodus chapter number 5, verse number 2, Pharaoh did not know God. He said, who is this? But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. If you do not know God, you will not listen or hear his voice. You will not do his command. Praise God. You will not do his will. You will not obey him. In Acts chapter number 9, and I'm ending with this. Concerning Saul, when you don't know God, you persecute his work. 
Amen. You persecute his people. When you don't know God, you sabotage his work. When you don't know God, you threaten his work. When you don't know God, you bring into disrepute his name. So you ask yourself, is my my behavior and my attitude depict knowing God or not knowing God? Is my behavior and attitude sabotaging the work of God? The spread of the good news? Am I obtaining letters to kill those who carry the good news. What am I doing to promote or to demote the work of God? It's a simple measure to check whether you know God or you don't know him. Pharaoh said that, I don't know your God. Why should I listen to his voice? Do you listen and obey the voice of God? Jesus said that it is those who do my will. And from next week, you touch on knowing God, what it is to know God. Amen. So this is just self-analysis. Sometimes we talk about Saul. Acts chapter number 9, verse number 2. When Saul had an experiential encounter with this God, his attitude changed. His behavior changed. His career changed. And many of us have been in church from our mother's womb. And our behavior, our character, our attitude has always been the same. And yet we know God. I want to leave you with this question as I close for this service. How is your behavior and attitude aiding the preaching of God's word? Amen. Can you put Acts chapter number 9, verse number 1 on the screen for me, please? Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord and relentless in his search for believers went to the high priest verse number 2 and he asked for letters of authority from him to the synagogues where believers gather amen at Damascus so that if he found any men or women they belonging to the way. You know, in John, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the unbelievers are not calling are this the way people. We have to get rid of them. So I said that because they, they believe that if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that 
no one can come to the Father except through him. They did not, the Pharisees did not understand. So they labeled them before they could be called Christians. They labeled them the way. Amen. So, belonging to the way believers, followers of Jesus, the Messiah, men and women alike, he could arrest them and bring them bound. Anytime our behavior and our attitude bind the promotion of the gospel, it's a clear indication that we don't know God. Saul was a Pharisee. He was the teacher of the law. And yet, he was kicking very hard against the giver of the law. Verse number three, and I'll end with this. As he traveled, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light fell from heaven, flashed around him, displaying the glory and majesty of Christ. Verse number four. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice from heaven saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting and oppressing me? Who was Saul oppressing? The church, the believers, the way. But Jesus did not say to him, why are you oppressing the church? But he said, you are oppressing me. So when you oppress your brother, a believer, your brother trying to serve God, when you oppress him and you bind them, you are oppressing the Lord and the capital punishment will not come upon him but upon the oppressor. Many of us have oppressed men and women. As a result, they have made a shipwreck of their faith. Saul was oppressing, was on his way to oppress, but the Lord had mercy on him. My prayer this afternoon is that the Lord will have mercy on us. There are many of us that our attitude and our behavior, our conversation, our voice, our words had caused brothers and sisters to make a shipwreck of their faith. That the Lord will not count it against us for us to be punished for our deed and our attitude, but his mercy will triumph over judgment. I said that his mercy will triumph over judgment. Verse number 5, and Saul said, who are you, Lord? Instantly he knew who he was talking to. Say, who are you, Lord? And he answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Verse number 10, number 6. Now get up and go into the city. I want to show you something from this verse. And you will be told what to, you must do. 7. Then men who were traveling with him were terrified and stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. 8. Saul got up from the ground, but though his eyes were open, he could not, he could see nothing. So, they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days 
Verse number 5. This is how the King James put it, and this is what I want you to see. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. It is hard for thee to kick against their praise. Beloved, it is better for us to willingly surrender to God and to experience Him in the way as never before than to kick against their praise. It is harder. It is harder. He took upon himself by his own accord. Why? He did that because he did not know God. When we don't know God, that is what we do. We talk against the people of God. We make judgment against them. We we kill them with our mouth before physical death. We bind them with our words. And it's all because we don't know God. When Saul was doing what he was doing, he was fully aware that he was doing the right thing. Because this way was different from the way they have known. And they did not want people to be confused or people to adapt or accept the way of Christ. So he thought he was serving God zealously by killing the very believers of God. Many in our ignorance have killed men and women of God because we did not know God. Bible says, for Saul went and got letters of authority to go and bind men and women alive who are of the way. When you threaten believers, when you sabotage the spread of the word of God, when you scheme against the growth of his work, when you make things difficult and hard for believers, 
and to share the good news. When you persecute those who carry the good news and those who believe in the good news, you don't know God. But Paul says in Ephesians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. As a church, that is where we want to get to. We don't want to play church anymore. We want to have an experiential encounter. That when we come, we've got psalms, we've got hymns, we've got worship. We know why we serve him. And we know why we come at his feet and in his presence. I want you to lift your voice and begin to assess yourself. We have touched on not knowing God. What makes you know that you don't know this God? Because it is not creating of miracles. It is not preaching. It is not serving God. Jesus said in Matthew 7, those all who did all this and say, I did not know you. Let a man or a woman examine himself or herself. Do I really know God? Do I obey his command? Do I hear his voice? Do I know his voice? Do I do his bidding? Do I trust him? Do I reverence him? Do I fear him? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, our desire as a church, as a family, as individuals that we will know you. Our coming to your presence day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute so that we will not be cast away. That we will experience you in a revelational way. Help us, Lord, on this journey that we may know you as you reveal yourself unto us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Did you receive something for today? Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Amen.